Hey, how about this, listeners? And welcome to the Star Wars Holiday Special finale. We hope you had a lot of fun through these four episodes of us talking about Star Wars. And on this episode, we're not covering the original trilogy. We're not covering the sequels. We're not covering the prequels. But we're calling this one Star Wars Beyond. This is everything out there in the weird reaches of space and the Star Wars properties that we love so very, very much. And we have the perfect guest for this episode. Amanda has joined us once again to talk about fun, weird, and goofy Star Wars. So we hope you enjoy, and we'll see you at the other side of this warp speed light tunnel. You know, I actually have a good feeling about this. Hey, what's up, How About This listeners, and welcome back to How About This and the finale of our Star Wars holiday, whatever we're doing. It's, why are we still doing this? I what? don't know. Why? I why? don't know. We did three. No one liked them. Everyone was mad at us. And now we're doing a fourth one. Listen, this this series might have started uh, a spite podcast, so that's fine. Ooh, spite cast. Mm. Spite cast. I love a good spite podcast. I really don't think uh, I really think there needs to be more of them out there. So if those of you out there want to start, how about that? Well, then fine. Go for that's, it. That's the rumor. There's that is rumor. the rumor. The rumor is that someone wants to start a podcast called How About That? Maybe they were a guest on this show. Who knows? How about that? How about, how about that? We're back again talking about Star Wars. And this is what I'm calling the silliest of the of the series of the quadrilogy, because this one is is not really about any particular era of Star Wars. This is kind of like the rest of the junk. This Whether is miscellaneous, it's miscellaneous, yeah, Star Wars, MISC, period, or beyond, or all the rest of the junk, all of the toys in the toy chest. This is when you can finally get out your Bib Fortuna fanfic and read along. <laughs> yes. As we talk about that strange man who lives in Jabba the Hutt's palace. But before we get any further to talk about Star Wars and beyond, we have to introduce our hosts on this show and our very special guest. From the depths of space, he has returned, changed, and different. A man unstuck in time, Mr. Jordan Hugh. And to the most salacious of all the crumbs, Mr. Mike Stam. <laughs> That's what you get. We have a That's special guest. Get. And we do special have guest. a special guest, a special guest, the future queen of now destroyed Alderan. Miss Amanda Mack. Amanda, how are you? Uh, now, when you said that this episode was for all the miscellaneous junk, I was like, ah, that's why I am here. Yes, that's where <laughs> I fit in. Give me that miscellaneous junk, because we all know that Amanda is not only the world's biggest Star Wars fan. She happens to be the most knowledgeable. Is uh, that right? Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, that is not right. to say that I don't enjoy Star Wars. I absolutely do enjoy Star Wars, but I am wildly unqualified to really discuss it in its its uh, nitty gritty and all that. Well, so. well uh, we started off this series, Amanda, uh, to your to your credit here. We started off this series by Jordan and I saying that we also weren't the most knowledgeable about Star Wars. And, and then you went on to talk about all things I had never heard of. So I was like, OK, yeah, okay. It's, it's, no, it's a Amanda, listen, compared to like the real Star Wars people, Mike and I are but Padawans. We know nothing. We really yeah. do. So we I just want to apologize to all of them right now. Uh, if they're mere Padawans, I am a uh, silly putty that they have like stepped on and is stuck to their no. shoe and has no. some sort of don't like copied image of this is what Star Wars looks like. Kind of. I don't know. I think no, that Star no, Wars should true. be for everyone. I know. I know, yeah. I know why I'm here. I know, I understood the assignment. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not too worried, but okay. Well, good. It's glad that you're not too worried. I mean, Amanda, you know, you are. I just need to disclaim myself of. I don't was, hey. Well, she shouldn't have said that because that would have happened to BYY5520. I have to say, like the, the Star Wars fans that know, like every detailed specification of like some random droid unit in like the third movie, you know, that's seen for 10 seconds, like they're not listening to this podcast or they heard the first episode and they're like, fuck it, I'm not listening to the rest of these. So I think you'd be fine. Yeah, Amanda, you know, Star Wars is something that people find at many different times in their life and they become fans of it at many different times. There's no really I don't think there's a, a, a true dedicated path on how to be a Star Wars fan. And I think there's a lot of it that you do enjoy and 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 love. So before we, we get further along, let's talk about that. Right. Let's talk about, 
your experience with Star Wars, where you're coming from, what you like about it and whatnot. So my my first experience with Star Wars, I almost don't remember it because I I didn't really have like a ceremonious first viewing of the original trilogy. Mm. But I realize why I do always associate Star Wars with Christmas is mm-hmm. because it was always on TV, I think, yeah. around that time. And mm-hmm. the way that I was introduced to it was it was on television, like in the background while we were getting stuff ready food wise for Christmas. So I've seen the entire original trilogy completely out of order as if it was like a jigsaw puzzle that somebody like shook up and kind of like went, okay, figure it out. So that's, that was my intro to it. Um, but I've always liked the imagery. I've always liked the characters. I've always liked the story that I've seen because I really, I like space stuff. Uh, and it's really just a big fantasy sci-fi space opera, which is everything that I'm about. Um, that being said, when we were talking about me being on this episode, I don't think I've seen the prequel trilogy. Like that's good at, at all. Really? I've seen that's the, a good the, thing. <laughs> that's as, very good. As Chris D'Amato said, as Chris D'Amato said, you could literally skip. Probably the first. At least the first movie uh, out of that trilogy and still get the whole story. I would go to say you could probably skip the first two and probably still get the full story there for uh, the prequels. So that's not a problem. Well, see, I've only seen the first, I think. I haven't oh. seen the second two. Oh, good. So, so you, I, I don't. <laughs> you've only seen non-essential viewing, but exactly. that's okay. Um, that's okay. But for me, um, I like robots. I like space stuff. I like um, that kind of fantasy. And honestly, with the original trilogy, I like the use of the um, like physical puppetry Mm-hmm. when yeah. you know for, for me that's always going to win as good as cgi can get like i would always rather see like a big puppet um yeah. so i i love that about it um i think yeah. they know that too i think they know people love there, that there seems to be a little bit of a renaissance for the practical effects um at least to some extent um i i think they they've, they've learned their lesson but it took them 20 years i yeah. think i think that um <laughs> that practical effects Plus CGI, like if you have a really good practical effect and then layer it with like a little bit of yeah. very good CGI on top, that is really the perfect balance for me. That's Jurassic Park. That's yep. how you get a film to look good, you know, 20, 30 years later. And mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of the Marvel movies still look pretty good. I mean, especially even like Spider-Man, when you look at Spider-Man now, it's like he's clearly in a suit, but like there are CGI elements there. Deadpool's the same way. These characters, they they continue to look good later on. Whereas like Chris was saying, if you look at the prequels, the Star Wars prequels now they're like, oh, they look horrible. Like, especially even when you compare them to, like he said, like the Lord of the Rings movies that actually still look, look very, very good. Yeah. I'm thinking about it now and timeline wise, because we just had this discussion recently with a friend um, about the robotic design of yeah. the Star Tours, the original Star Tours ride that was at what was Disney's MGM studios, which mm-hmm. opened in 1987. Yeah, I think so. If I'm being honest about it and going backwards in my brain, that was probably my introduction to Star Wars was riding Star Tours as a kid, which is a completely different um, you're at that point. Anyway, if you've been on the ride recently, it's a C-3PO um, and R2-D2, but that was a completely different robot kind of giving you a completely different Star Wars experience of something that isn't in the movies, which is partly also why I like Star Wars is because there's so much. So you can get very involved in the overarching story that they're showing you, or you can go on a little side mission with some of the other content that they've uh, created. And I, I love that about sure. um, about world building stories that you can g- get into just the main story or you can go on a side quest. And that's really yeah. what Star Tours is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, so that's my that's intro. Actually- yeah, Star that's Wars. great. That Actually, that's a perfect intro for the episode because that's kind of what we're getting into today because this episode is, it doesn't even have to be anything even linked to the films. This is just like, hey, there's this universe now. Let's uh, let's play around in it. You know? Yeah, it's, you know, it's the biggest sandbox, you know, in this galaxy. So why not? Why not play in it like, uh, as we want to? What did we watch most recently? The, the Disney Plus um, shorts. But the visions. Yeah. Yeah. We watched Star Wars visions, which was cool because that's kind of what it did. Right. Visions was all about kind of working your way around different spots of the universe in Star Wars and really delivering different stories told from different points of view with new characters, different weapons and all that stuff. And I don't know if they'll continue to do series like visions, but 
that was kind of my inspiration for this episode was to, there's so many corners of this universe. There's so many points in time. We haven't gotten that far into the future with Star Wars. We've gone way into the past with stuff. And it's cool to see that there's so much that we can play with so that, you know, we can slowly get away from kind of this main line of, uh, of movies, which I agree with you, Jordan. I think all nine of those movies needed to be about the Skywalker family. And now I think is the time when we start to see other stuff, uh, you know, whether it's through the eyes of the Mandalorian and that period between the destruction of the first of the second Death Star and the rise of the, the First Order, or we're seeing stuff that happens between the prequels and, and the original movies. We're seeing stuff that happens after the sequels. We're seeing stuff that happens a few thousand years or a few hundred years uh, before the prequels, even with we're seeing what like the High Republic right now. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of Star Wars. You could do a lot with it. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in the Old Republic. So it's one of those things where there's so much and there's so much to pull from. It only makes sense that we have some one wonderful and wacky and fun ideas out there. Yeah. You know, so I guess, you know, we don't we don't really have movies to talk about anymore. We really don't have a lot of stuff to complain about anymore. So I guess the, the, the good thing here, the thing we could talk about here is maybe Jordan, is there something that you want to see out of Star Wars moving forward? Like something like what's something that that makes you uh, interested in it? I know Chris talked about some things and I'm going to talk about some similar things. So do you have any any thoughts? Yeah. So I mentioned in our previous episodes and you just alluded to it a moment ago that uh, I was actually appreciative that the nine movies stayed to the Skywalker saga specifically. because That's that's what those films are about. That's that family's story. Um, there was some uh, some some hubbub, shall we say, some uh, scuttlebutt uh, at the end of The Last Jedi because people were sort of excited with this idea that, oh, well, anyone can be a Jedi. But that was always part of the Star Wars universe. I don't remember any property ever saying only Skywalkers can be Jedis. It was just like, well, these movies are about this family. Uh, they'd be very bad movies if they were about everyone. You need characters because that's how a story what? works. No, uh, no, I know. No. They'd be very, um, very long movies. Very long. They'd still be going. They'd be the, at least the length of the Aviator, which I'm still watching. Uh, I've never <laughs> finished. I've never finished my viewing. It's still on. Uh, I, at some point, it will be done. They're still um, filming it. Actually, they're still filming it, and yeah. they release it, and it's constant. It's constant, constant streaming. The Aviator. <laughs> uh, go see it, folks. You're. Uh, you'll be watching it the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> but. That is an exciting idea that anyone can be a Jedi for sure. Um, and I would like to see more Jedi stories that aren't Skywalker centric. And listen, what is so obvious about Star Wars is that it's a great big universe. This is not even something like, let's take the other very popular trilogy, right? Lord of the Rings. Um, if you were to set a new story in Middle Earth, you are still limited ultimately to Middle Earth, right? You can yeah. go backwards or forwards in time, but you're still in that plane of existence, that planet, whatever. Uh, Star Wars is, you know, a whole galaxy and beyond. I mean, you can do anything you want with it. So I think what I like about it is that, as you've said many times on the podcast, Mike, because Star Wars is kind of this amalgamation of fantasy, science fiction, World War II dogfight, uh, you know, samurai films, you know, it's, it's everything. You could take any one of those slices and really do an in interesting exploration of those characters. In each of our previous episodes, I've done something where I've talked about just wanting to see more of the criminal underworld of Star Wars. And actually, uh, a, a galactic criminal syndicate, uh, the likes of which has existed at various times throughout Star Wars, is something I would like to see explored and what I will probably be pitching today. What Ooh. about you? Yeah, man. Uh, you know how I feel. I, I love, I love stuff like that. Um, we, you know, we we don't focus much time on the uh, on the scoundrels and the bounty hunters. And Jordan and I are of the same point of view with that. And I would love to see more stuff like that. I think Chris brought us some really great ideas last time of like mysteries of the Force and and how the Force got started and where it comes from for real. I, I, the big thing I want back in Star Wars now is what Chris really was talking about for a little bit in the last episode, Chris D'Amato. I really want the mystery to come back. Watching the original Star Wars and honestly, Building a mystery, you know, mm. like we have to, we have to Scooby do this series, you know, more snacks. Uh, yeah. So I, it's something where we need to bring the mystery back. I think we need some degree of, I like 
need some work to do now. That's like one of my favorite theme songs. I don't know any of the words. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> also, it just went into the Monsters theme song in my head, and I don't know why. That's a great mashup. That must have happened at some point, right? Scooby-Doo? Scooby-Doo and the Monsters should happen together. Scooby Monsters? Oh my God, Rob Zombie's Scooby-Doo. What would that be like? Dude, that would be... That'd be Actually... I, I think, think it would rule. I think it would be awesome. I hope I, <laughs> feel like a rated X horrifying, yeah. you know, spectacular. You get Matthew Lillard back. Yes. Scooby. Oh, yeah. No, the full cast must return. Yeah. Scooby Doo's got to be like a rabid wolf. <laughs> but like kind of cool. Him, Scoob. <laughs> and he's got all the foam coming out of his mouth. This isn't Star Wars. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's but okay. Scooby-Doo it episode, be. Scooby-Doo episode it coming could soon. Be my- yeah. Scooby-Doo will happen. What was that? It, it could be Star Wars monsters, Scooby Doo. Oh, it's no fine. one said it couldn't. Listen, also, no, uh, outside of the mystery, I really think we need to find a way to get Vin Diesel into the Star Wars uh, franchise. I think we need to do uh, I think we need to do the Kessel run, um, but only a quarter mile at a time. I well, think was, they, they did solo. They, we got our we got our castle run. Yeah, we got maybe do another without even giving him a character name, though. Vin Diesel sounds like a, an opponent for Darth Vader. Like <sighs> he does. He really does. It's like, don't yeah. you just just put Vin Diesel as he is. Right. Into the Star Wars I mean, universe. Vin Diesel sounds like Dash Rendar. I mean, he sounds yeah. like a character yeah. already yeah. in the universe. George Lucas. No more ridiculous than naming someone Duncan Idaho, Frank Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> It's just uh, George Lucas sitting at his table going, I have a great idea for a character. His name is Vin Diesel. He That's works on good, ships. That's a good Lucas. Yeah, That's a pretty good George Lucas. It's not bad. Not bad. So, Amanda, what do you want to see out of the Star Wars? Uh, more stars and less wars. Oh, well, that's nice. That would and, be nice. And, some, and more more practical effects and puppetry, right? Honestly, yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely more practical effects. Um, I, I've been enjoying the visions also. So if there there is one particular vision where they like formed a, a rock band or whatnot i would like more more fun like that in uh in star wars where it's like it just it kind of went in like a silly way and i was all about it you know chris said that in the last episode that these are supposed to be high you know high space adventures and they're supposed to be fun saturday afternoon serial type vibe you know they're supposed to, that's where they come from they come from saturday morning serials or saturday serials like monkey uh, charms? Yeah, exactly. Yes. But, like no, that. they come from places like in Fruit like, Loops. Fruit Loops. They come from places like um Fruit Flash- spelled F-R-O-O-T. But the yes. O's, but wait, guys, the O's are gonna be like they are gonna look like the cereal. That that's really good. What? Can you can you can you what? say what? I, uh, I know. This listen. Be- Who's listening? These are million dollar ideas. I know. Fruit loops. Fruit 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 loops. Fruit loops. Wow. Wow. So that's another thing. Just more Owen Wilson. (laughs) Owen Um, Wilson, Star Wars. (laughs) Just Owen Wilson as a Dark Lord of the Sith. Wow. So look at all uh, these Jedi. Wow. 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 Look at them fight. Wow. 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 Look at these guys. Wow. So also, though, with the practical effects, I mean, Amanda, you do have a life size Grogu. I do have a life size Grogu. Yeah. So I mean, a little fuzz on his head and everything. Exactly. Grogu's great. He's the best 50 year old Jedi ever. But yeah, I guess there's really not much more to talk about there. So I think we should just we could get right into them into them pitches. So let's uh, let's start this. Yeah, I've got a hot I got a hot, lazy pitch. Oh, I love a good hot, lazy pitch. We all have hot, lazy pitches today because it's been Christmas and we haven't been doing our work. That's right. This is Pitchmas. Oh, a Star Wars is over. If you want it. And, and we do. Um, all right. So what I'm pitching, because this was the miscellaneous show where I could do yes. anything I want, is uh, I'm going to take an idea that's been kind of floating around for a while and say, uh, now, I want to be clear, this is not an origin story, but I want something that is centered on the Hutt family. Yes. <laughs> and by Hutt family, I mean the Hutt crime family. Because this is a uh, generation-spanning <laughs> criminal syndicate, and the rise and fall of it's actually really interesting. Yeah, like the Huts have their roots going like way, way back. Way back. And, like, Tatooine has been a significant planet for like every era of Star Wars, and that's like a that is one of the Hut homeworlds. Certainly not just Jabba's palace, but it, it goes back in, into the, the story of the Huts in general. Um, 
And I thought the huts would be just kind of an interesting perspective point to do maybe a, a television series on uh, something like that. Um, we've been talking a lot about wanting to get the um, Saturday matinee feel back into these Star Wars adventure stories. And I think the huts are a good point of them because I, I like them because they're gross. And um, no, I, really. No, I, it's they, true, though. They, they're gross. Um, and I just I like how evil and, and scummy they are. And there's really not a lot of like complication there. I think they're just, it's a really cool opportunity for like some really gross puppetry and practical effects and it's its fun. And then the, the, the story would essentially be that the Huts are trying to reclaim power as a galactic syndicate, uh, but the existing syndicates um, don't want to let them back because they just remember how awful the Huts were always. So you're kind of like, you know, on, on two sides of the narrative. I think what's a challenge, which I think is a, an exciting challenge, is that the Huts are visually unappealing characters. Mm-hmm. This was always a, I, I don't know if we want to call it a trope. It's a trope that um, bad guys are ugly, right? <laughs> and and good guys are somehow good looking. And unfortunately, the, the huts play into that stereotype. So what, what you would love to do is to get a protagonist that is ugly, right? Is a hut, an uggo, as we would say, right? <laughs> but wants to further the family maybe for a good cause, right? Because I what I like about the syndicates ultimately is that they're not any more friendly with the empire than the rebels are necessarily, right? So- I think particularly in the time period following Rise of Skywalker, you have, you know, the First Order is not completely defeated. There's going to be other movements of like trying to get something back together. Maybe the Second Order, right? Uh, And you have the rebels that are not at full power. They're still trying to establish a government. So actually, you're in a really interesting and fractious time, right? You're with two groups trying to struggle to regroup. Right. You have whatever remains of the First Order trying to get something back together. And the First Order isn't all bad necessarily either, by the way. There are worlds, I'm sure, that they govern that need them. And then you have the rebels who are trying to form like their version of that same government. And in the middle or underneath, you have these uh, syndicates. And I would love a protagonist hut character thus far unnamed, perhaps Enzo the Hut. Oh, uh, hey, Enzo. Hey, oh, it's uh, Enzo the Hut. They did it, my boy. Oh, uh, they're good, my boy. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> young Enzo the Hut, you know, he's up and coming, up and coming, you know, crime guy. And uh, I think he sees the effects of what all these wars have had on all these smaller communities, especially in the Outer Rim. And he wants to, like, gain some notoriety back for himself and his family, but he's not kind of ready to be the boss yet. So what you end up with is this. You end up with basically like a Sopranos story. Yeah. <laughs> with like a young Enzo the Hut who is trying to like work his way up the criminal underworld, but as a hut, as not only a syndicate that people don't like, but also as someone who like people don't like that species, like they don't like that species of alien. And so he's like kind of trying to earn people's trust, but also trying to manipulate and wheel and deal. And I think it would be interesting just to see a hut character uh, navigating the ins and outs of good and evil specific to the politics of the remnants of the first order and what the resistance has become in whatever the resistance has become. Um, and then because it's set in that particular time period of being post-Rise of Skywalker, you can kind of give an update on what has become of like Ray's Jedi school. Oh, there's more, there's more Jedi around now. And the Jedi have a more neutral approach to the ideas of good and evil, because that is kind of the lesson that's learned by Ray. I think, if there's anything by the end of that movie, is that good exists within evil people and evil exists within good people, right? What, yin-yang? No. I know, yeah. What? People... Now, you're either all good or all bad. That's <laughs> Listen, how it works. I'm just a hut, okay? Oh. I'm just trying to make good from my hut mother, all right? <laughs> I'm just trying to get the family business back in line. We once had pod racing. We had casinos, right? I'm going to head into Canto Bite. I'm going to take it over from those little goblins that run that casino. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah that's that's my lazy ass pitch is just i want a syndicate story that focuses on the huts coming back to prominence and power the people that want to stop them and why and the people that want to help them and why and in doing so explore the underbelly of both the first order first order remnants and whatever the resistance is turning into i kind of i kind of love that that's really cool and zoda hut how would you spell Enzo? Because it's Star Wars, so they couldn't spell oh, it correctly. Right. So E N hyphen Z zero. Uh, another another N. <laughs> Z the number two and a zero. That's that's about right. Yeah. So N Enzo the Hut. You sh- you wouldn't do it N apostrophe Z zero. 
That's probably better. Let's do that. Oh. An apostrophe Z0. I like it. And then he has um a very, very humanoid droid. Yeah. Like I think a handsome droid to like balance him out because you need a foil. Yeah. Right. So if Enzo is like kind of like gross but conflicted and like heart of gold hut, whatever, he just has a fucking handsome killbot as his sidekick. Yes. We're gonna call him handsome killbot. H HKB. Yeah, I love it. HKB. The, there you go. HKB. Handsome killbot. And handsome he just killbot. He just he's played by uh he's played by Tom Hiddleston. Oh, perfect. You got him <laughs> right. in. You stuck him but in. Like, he's got like a perfect face and perfect hands, but the rest of his body is like sick robot. But like it, it's underneath the cloak. Like that Abraham Lincoln robot they have in Disney World? It's exactly like the Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> you can't mess with cybernetic Lincoln. Oh, no. 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 Real simulated evil Lincoln is back, baby. He's <laughs> <laughs> one of history's greatest villains. Mm-hmm. I love that idea, dude. I, you know, I just love the the through line throughout your whole Star Wars thing. It's just like I want to see more crime. Oh yeah, that's right. And you know what, Crimson Dawn's gonna hang around. You know what, this idea actually perfectly attaches on everything else I already pitched. Listen, I think you've built like the perfect series. I have. This perfect right. expanded universe of Star Wars crime. That's right. Give me my Crimson Dawn trilogy starting with Solo, and you put on through, and then give me my Knights of Ren origin story, and then you give me uh, give me the the scoundrels and bounty hunters, and you give me this uh, Enzo the Hut. Yeah, and I love Enzo the Hut. I want an HBK. I want a stuffed <laughs> HBK Heartbreak Kid. Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, that's right. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> oh, can we actually? Dun, 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 can dun. we make it that it's not Tom Hiddleston? It's it's just Shawn Michaels now. Dun, 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 dun. I know I'm sexy, but it's perfect. This is wow. great. We're gonna get Sweet. some copyright infringement going on here. You sang most of that song. Sweet. Yeah, exactly. I know it's that is most of the song. Um, he's wow. gonna give the sweet chin music to wow. like imagine wow. that though. You you just wow. give. Kicking people in the face. Sweet Dude, hut music. Sweet hut music. I oh, love you it. You know what? Initially, initially, uh, HKB is hired to kill Enzo the Hut, and they call him the Hut Break Kid. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Wow. Good. We're making magic today. This is this is real good. <laughs> this this is, is Star Wars magic. Yeah, that's uh, the Jedi and the Sith. Um, what about you, Amanda? Yeah. How are we feeling? How are we doing over there? Um. About about this pitch or just in general, I'm a big fan of this pitch. Yeah. For another reason, too, where I again, like I feel like this goes under my umbrella of I want more like side questy type things. But yeah. I feel like it's taking characters that we have a uh, like, oh, it's a hut. They're probably X, Y or Z and just telling a whole different story. Yeah. I love that. It's important. I love it. It's important to give that depth to, you know, everyone else. It's it's. I- yeah, that, that's that's become I feel like a lot of series have done it lately. I've yeah. been noticing a pattern where on a show that's predominantly based around like a main character, they'll take like an episode and do an entirely different storyline that shows you an entirely different character yeah. that is not normally the main focus. And I love sure. that because I feel like it adds so much more to the world that you're it does. you're watching. And um, yeah, I love that pitch. That's a, that's a good way to deepen narrative in general. Actually, many of my favorite episodes of television series like that are the one where it's just like, hey, that one character, this is just him or that, yeah. you know, whatever. I love that. I love that so, so much because it's like you would never see that side of that character. And from knowing all of that, you now, I feel like, understand so much more about the the story that you're initially watching. I love it. No, it's yeah. it's cool. It's cool. And that's like a whole part of the thing. It's like we just get everything we fed about the we're fed about the huts throughout any star wars thing it's like oh they're all bad and they're all evil it's like well they had to have gotten there somehow yeah. so it's really you cool know, to have that you know what i also discovered in uh, listening to our our previous episodes in the series is yeah. that do you realize any idea basically just can be star warsified and it works yeah. yeah like aladdin like i'm i was just yeah well I was i'm thinking so about mad that that doesn't exist i listened to that and i was like aladdin. i would watch the shit out of that uh, that man. is fucking great <laughs> Space genie that you find on some random desert planet in a cave. I mean, he'll make all your dreams come true, but there's a price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, space Space Jafar. He's got a mask. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, really, you could take anything. So I was, I was thinking of like literally any property, and I was like, yeah, you could you could do the Star Wars of that. Actually, the Disney films tend to work really well because they're already kind of like built on that hero track. Yeah. Star Wars Moana works in two seconds. Like that's yeah. you barely have to change anything at all. Can I just tell you this isn't this isn't the pitch that I was coming in with, but you, Jordan, said something earlier in this episode yeah. that I was like, oh, side quest pitch that I didn't have before, and it it's just too appropriate to this current. Um, 
what we're talking about right now, where I, I can't not say it. So say magic words. Um, so how about this? Ooh. Yes, do it. Jordan, earlier you said, well, anyone can be a Jedi, which threw me into, oh, well, anyone can cook, which threw me to Star Wars Ratatouille. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so imagine. That's uh, good. It's Remy's. What is his brother's name? <laughs> I can't remember his brother's name. But well, like, we all know the rat brother. We got it. Yeah, yeah his rat. The one, the one who ends up uh, helping him and whatnot. So this is this Maybe is his story. Maybe it is actually, actually. No, that can't be right. Could if it, it is, if it is, I'm gonna eat my phone. This is. How oh my you... god, it's so close. It's Emil. Oh, <laughs> E M I L E, Emil. That's actually like quite close. To... I have to lick my phone for that. Do a little lick. All right. Oh, he, okay. He, Tastes he, better he than did a Switch actually game. Do it. Um. But yeah, that's, I mean, I, I don't have a fleshed out pitch for that. That's just the only thing in my head. I was like, oh, Star Wars Ratatouille. Anyone can be a Jedi. And it's just like gusto. But as yeah. uh, I like that. And then you can train everyone. and then you can be a Jedi and you can fight the bad guys. I yeah. like that. But oh they're God, like really a, teeny it, tiny Jedi with teeny tiny lightsabers. And no one really knows of this like rat Jedi underworld. Wow. And like in the in the alleys, you'll just see teeny tiny lightsaber fights. And people are like, what's what's going on over there? They think it's just like some, some blinky toy. Amanda, but it's really like I'm going to give you something. Do you know yeah. how little chef uh, Remy operates Linguini from like pulling on his hair and stuff? What if it's like this little tiny rat Jedi that no one will take seriously? So he has to find himself like a, a man droid to like oh. use his Jedi powers through. This is good. And like like pulls on him underneath his like Jedi hood. Or like little rat Jedi pilots flying yeah. the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, this is good. Rat, stuff. rat squad. Rat squadron. Rat yep. squadron. It's good. They fly in little little rat ships. Ego ego from Ratatouille, right? So he'd be like our Sith master in this, right? Yes. Oh okay. my god. Yeah, he good. already looks like fucking Dooku, whatever face? the hell. Oh jeez. Dooku's the worst. I hate that character so much. I wish he was Space Dracula. That would be so yeah. much better. Dude, imagine. Oh, by the way, Dracula Star Wars also works. Oh, Dracula Dude, Space Star Dracula. Wars. Dracula Star Wars is so good because he can be like a Sith that literally feeds off the force energy of other Jedi. This is genius. <laughs> now, this is so much better than Dooku. That's very good. What yeah. if the Dracula Okay, so the Dracula Star Wars, they're the Sith? Yeah. So Ratatouille sure. Jedi's. What if what if there's a mashup there where like the Dracula Star Wars is just a bunch of Sith vampires that can only be fought off by these little rat pilot Jedi guys? Beautiful. Wow. Okay. I can see this working. Right. Okay. I was also getting a I was getting a red wall vibe from what you were talking about, Amanda. Yeah. We're like oh, the rats. Uh space red wall also works. Ooh. Of course it does. Of course yeah. it does. Yeah. Space red wall too. Yes. I yeah, love so it. All little woodland creature Jedi. Actually, there's this is a billion dollar idea. Yeah. Little fucking squirrel Jedi, rabbit Jedi. Just pick your woodland creature of choice. Everybody's got one. That's a billion dollar idea. Yeah. And here's the thing. Okay, so Amanda, I guess the um the Dracula Jedi, right? The vampire Jedi. They drain other force users of their force, but they don't really consider the little woodlanders because they're like, there's not enough force to drain out of those guys. But little do they know, those little woodland Jedi have more force in their little rat hearts oh, yeah. than full-grown Jedi have anywhere. That's right. That's right. And you know who's going to help them fly to the Dracula planet to save their friends? Enzo the Hutt. Enzo, Yo, the, Enzo Hutt the Hutt. And, hey. and the uh, Heartbreak Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I got all these ships for you, rat kids. You want to go fight Yay! Space Dracula? Enzo, thank goodness you're here. They got no idea what they're going to have to pay me at the end of this. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make rat soup. I got in the rat trafficking business. <laughs> Enzo. All is well. All is well. Well, Amanda, do you have like, you had another idea that you wanted to share? I, I did. I did. But that was just, it, it was too... It was too um, appropriate for what was being discussed. I couldn't not throw my secondary, not less thought out pitch into the ring uh, then. But I think I, we, I think we took it to a nice place. Yeah. I would absolutely watch watch that movie or series or whatever sure. it turns. You could also into. just actually literally take the plot to Ratatouille because I think a Star Wars cooking movie would be would be awesome. Yeah, and also we can use my robot again as the Tart Break Kid. I got a million of guys. We're not. Kid. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. Listen, you invited me on. I'm here. Tart Break Kid. So this is weapon like a rolling pin, please. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It's a lightsaber yes. rolling pin. Lightsaber rolling pin, but like the, the the handle parts are not. It's the middle. It's the rolling piece that yes. is the lightsaber. And that's how he does all his cutting too. He just like throws the the vegetables at his rolling pin as it's, he goes like this. It's an incredibly just, versatile instrument. Yes. It just it's it does like, everything. It slices. It dices. It'll cook your lunch for you. 
<laughs> you get it for four easy payments of forty nine ninety five. That's not bad. Step right up. Yes. Step That's right really up. not you sold. I've, I'm I'm buying it right now. Exactly. Signing up for QVC. But what was your other idea? The Amanda? tart break kid. Tart um, kid. Well, my other idea and to to preface uh, to preface this and we've discussed it a little bit. I really do love the um, the practical effects. I really yep. love the practical effects. I want more of that. If anyone is a, a fan of uh, Yoda, I don't, have we heard of have we heard of that guy? Yes, I, I we all know. We've heard of Yoda. Yeah, I know. I'm pulling one from the the back of everyone's brain now. Um, yeah, Yoda was the drummer. I remember. Him. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes, he yeah. was. Mm-hmm. We all live in a yellow Yoda submarine. Um, but <laughs> if you're familiar with Yoda, you may also know that the uh, the Henson Workshop had something to do with that, um, and some of the effects in Star Wars in in general were were worked on by Jim Henson. How about this? Ooh. How about this? There is there is an episode of the Muppet Show that I was just watching uh, before we've all all virtually gathered here. Uh, it's episode four seventeen, so season four, episode seventeen, where uh, there are guests that are from Star Wars. Mark Hamill appears as himself, but also separately as Luke Skywalker. The two are different. They are different people. So when he is Luke Skywalker, he is Luke Skywalker. And I've also looked it up that that episode, I guess, is considered canon in Star Wars because he is appearing as Luke Skywalker and it was between films. So it's like, okay, well, that appearance could have happened between this event and this event. So like that is part of Star Wars. Um, C-3PO and R2-D2 are also there as themselves. So my my idea, and how about this, is we are we are in the future. The Muppets are clearly still a thing. Their Muppet show isn't as consistent as it is, but they are putting out more 45-minute episodes here and there. So this would be something like of a, a Muppet Star Wars special. Um, the next time that a new Star Wars anything is like going to be released, I can absolutely see Disney Plus doing something like this as like a, a side promotion. Mm-hmm. So Kermit is frantically running around the Muppet Theater trying to get everybody <laughs> in their uh, go positions to to right. start the show. Everyone is fighting over how they've been cast, because as we know, <laughs> there is some, I think, implied casting of like, yeah, well, Kermit would probably be Yoda. Miss Piggy will clearly Princess Leia, Darth Vader. Gonzo was Darth Nadir, I think, at one point. Yeah, yeah. But th- th- there's some arguments happening backstage of, well, I should be this person this time because I- that was a terrible casting last time. Kermit has just had it, has just absolutely had it. Going to rein it back for a second, but Jordan and Mike, you are familiar with this. I don't know if it's been brought up, but uh, at, at college, uh, we used to do a thing called Midnight Shakespeare, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. we would meet right. at a night of the week at midnight with our Shakespeare's in hand. And the play was picked, but the casting was not. Right. So anybody that would want to be involved would pick their role out of out of a hat, basically. And whoever you selected, that's who you were playing that night. Yep. And it was a lot of fun and random and you didn't really have time to rehearse. And it's just what it what it was. Um, it was gender blind casting. It was like everything like, nope, you're playing whoever you randomly picked out of the hat. Flash forward back to Kermit is freaking out backstage. They haven't had the uh, the special rehearsed. Everyone's arguing. They're arguing over their parts. They're arguing over costumes. They're arguing over well, uh, who who should play what, who gets what song and what scene. Because clearly, this is also a, a musical because it's a variety show. And Kermit has just written down all of the possible characters that they could play, throw them into a hat, and said, "Whoever you get, that's who you're going to play." I don't want to hear the end, the next of it. That that is it. That is how this is going to be done. We're going to figure it out. And whoever you get, you get. That's it. Perfect. I love it. So I haven't really solidified uh, who would be selected as who, but just think of the possibilities of um, Sam Eagle playing Princess Leia or Bean (laughs) Bunny playing uh, Chewbacca. Or um, I also toyed with C-3PO and R2-D2 also just reappearing for this like anniversary special and then being included in it and be like, well, no, I am C-3PO and then R2-D2 being... No, screw screw everything. <laughs> You're getting thrown in the bucket too. So uh, C-3PO could be having to play like Han Solo or or someone that's not him. Um, so it's just it's just chaos, absolute chaos. A lot of changing of hats, more arguments with parts being changed in between backstage, things falling from the ceiling. I don't really know how it's going to be resolved. I don't think they do either. But Muppet Star Wars chaos Christmas special, boom, there well, it is. Love it. That's that. That's that's awesome. <laughs> First of all, we love the Muppets and we love when the Muppets are the best when 
<clears throat> they're it's chaotic. That's when the Muppets are absolutely the best. It, <laughs> the best when the show is falling apart. Nothing makes sense. That's the, I mean, someone wrote that and it's so profound. That is the essence of the Muppets is that yeah. they're not good at what they no. do, but there's so much joy. And that's all you care about. The show is always falling apart. And that's yeah. kind of, you know, people love that. People love, love shows within shows. And I think that's why like the play yeah. that goes wrong is very much in the essence of like what the Muppets do. I think the uh, the pigs in space sketch isn't aware of everything else that's happening, so they just proceed as normal, doing their normal, normal. pigs in yeah. space, yeah, and stuff just happens around them. Um, it's great. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Uh, do you have any? Who would else be? Who would be the the weirdest uh, Muppet Star Wars mashup casting? That's what I've been trying to figure out because we've got like. The like main what would cast. Be the weirdest thing you can get someone to play out of the Muppets. Yeah, like you have Kermit, Fozzie, Piggy, Gonzo, Scooter, um, Pepe. You know, Uncle Deadly, San Eagle, Sweetums, Bean. Like, who who is the weirdest? If you had Sweetums as like, uh, I, I mean, I want to see Animal as Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 someone you can't ah, understand as the ah, most you die. character. Yeah. <laughs> Darth Plagueis. <laughs> That's a really decent animal. <laughs> That'd be great. Who would Dr. Teeth be? I don't know. Who would I mean, or, again, or who would Dr. Support, Teeth not be? Actually, I would support Dr. Teeth as someone like he really shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, his like, role is too big. Like yeah. Obi-Wan. Yeah. Like Dr. Or Teeth as like, Obi-Wan would be very funny. Or like hey, Dr. Kid. Teeth, like as like Queen Amidala. Like something, Perfect. something like yes. not uh imagine, like imagine Dr. Teeth oh, Obi-Wan. I, I love Dr. Teeth. He's the best. Uh, that's this is a great idea, Amanda. Thank oh, you for thanks. bringing the Muppets insanity into this episode. Thank you for bringing Muppet insanity back into yet another episode. Oh, wait, Always. wait. And they go to the cantina and it's all the Sesame Street characters. Yes. Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah. So maybe like a and Fraggle Rock. What if in the cantina also there is a giant uh, nanny from Muppet Babies? That, I thought like, about her. She just is that tall where like it. Your full-sized other like aliens yeah, and also like good humanoids like and whatnot, gag. but like yeah, you just still see nannies like stalking. Sure. On the on the reverse side of that, still my favorite gag. I think this is the second time I'm mentioning it on our show. Is there's an episode of The Tick, the old animated series, where they're in a superhero bar, and there's a guy who you never see from the waist down, but on his chest, in parentheses, it just says four legs. <laughs> yeah it's the best like that. everyone like everyone else like their power is very clear but like you never see this guy from the waist down just four legs four oh legs. okay got the tick, it the tick was uh genius i loved that yes show. and it is the this is tis the season for multiple santa one of the greatest villains of all time of course of course do we all remember multiple santa yes I remember multiple Santa. I watched the Tick cartoon like it was that was that was the original Santa Con was multiple yes. Santa. Yes, I hate Santa Con, but I love multiple Santa. Amanda, if you don't know, I don't know I if don't you've know. seen it. I've multiple I've really Santa only was... watched the live action tick. I'm not very familiar oh, okay. with the cartoon. Well, it would have worked well in the live action tick. I'm not gonna get into the nitty-gritty of multiple Santa, but basically it was a Santa who accidentally got the powers of multiplying himself. And that was <laughs> the villain was an army of San multiplying Santas. And Santa's magic is real powerful. <laughs> It, it is, though the multiple Santa did not use no. a lot of Santa magic. He was no. more just like, there's a lot of me. There's too many Santas. Right. I mean, he was basically basically a mall Santa. Spoon! So multiple Santa was not played by Kurt Russell. No. No, but boy, I mean, that would have been something. Yeah, that would have been pretty good. So Amanda, any Kurt other Russell additional? playing anything is a little confusing because I was like, I think I want to fuck multiple Santa. <laughs> What's Kurt, going on with that? Kurt Russell as Santa, if you haven't seen the Christmas Chronicles... Kurt Russell yeah, is Santa's very legit. Handsome. Yeah, he's yeah. a very handsome <laughs> very Santa. Hand every, every role he's in is problematic. I'm just like, do I want to fuck John the Hangman <laughs> from Hateful Aid? Why is this character yes. so, so sexy? <laughs> Damn it, Kurt Russell. Do you have anything else to add to your Muppet? Idea? I will in like 25 minutes. All right, good. Um, so I mean, Big Bird. Big Bird's clearly in the cantina, if we haven't said yeah. that. No, the, the um, cantina is filled with all the other the, all the other Muppets. All yeah. the He's the one who's like, I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> My friend doesn't like My you. My friend doesn't like you. And he's talking about Snuffleupagus. He's yes. like yeah. right next to him, but only he sees him. He comes up to, he goes up to whoever's playing, who's ever playing Luke. And, and he goes up to Dr. Teeth playing Obi-Wan. And who's ever playing Luke and Dr. Teeth is like, hey, man, what are you doing? Get out of my way. And then Big Bird's like, I don't like you. 
My <laughs> friend doesn't like you either. You better watch out. Giant invisible elephant. Yeah. I think that that Gonzo tries to take over as like a stage manager on this also like the entire time because he's he's an actual alien. Yes. As established in uh, 1999's Muppets from Space. Gonzo is an alien. They find where he's from. And I think that he is probably going to use that as like a wall. I'm actually an authority about all things uh, space. So here's how everything should go. And like he operates as being in charge of it, even though he has like a character that's been handed to him that he's supposed to be playing. He just like doesn't. True Gonzo fashion. Yep. And, yeah. He just does his own thing. And he blows himself up. Yep. Where yep. He should be the Death Star fit? at the end. He should get shot into the Death Star. And blow it up here. No, here's so Lou Zealand. Here's what happens with the Death Star. Lou Zealand is the pilot. Okay. And he throws the fish instead of shooting the two, the two things into the Death Star. He just <laughs> boomerangs his fish and they, they blow hey, look, it up. I threw the fish right into the exhaust port. Yep. Who does Swedish fish play in all this? There was a Swedish, the not Swedish so, chef. Not Swedish fish, sorry. <laughs> you confused me with the fish. Swedish chef. Who does Swedish chef play in all this? Swedish oh, chef. Oh my God. I mean, I feel like Yoda. Yoda, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh you come to a study at your preserver. Swedish chef is Yoda. That is perfect. I also would like Rizzo the rat as Tarkin, Grandma yes. Tarkin, yes. just trying oh to run the God. Death Star. Oh my God, with a bunch of dumb Muppets running around, screwing everything up. Dumb Muppets and rats, like other yeah. rats. Yeah, they're all rats on Death Star. Oh, that's I so actually good. kind of want Miss Piggy to be Han Solo. Great. Okay, She'd be perfect. awesome. Who's I think Luke? That would be hilarious. Who doesn't? Who's the major one that doesn't have a role? Fozzie doesn't have a role yet. Fozzie doesn't have a role. It's Fozzie. Fozzie's Luke. Fozzie. That actually makes Luke way more interesting. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the Muppets Christmas Carol is probably still the best Christmas Carol. Bring Michael Caine in too. He's just Ebenezer Scrooge. Yes. Can Stadler and Waldorf be Uncle Owen and Amparo? Yes. (laughs) I don't want Fozzie to leave the farm. (laughs) You're never going to make it out there. You're not funny enough. I love it. Do we have a Chewbacca? Because if Miss Piggy's Han Solo, we, we do have a Chewbacca. I think uh, Bean Bunny. Adam, Bean Bunny, yes, Bean Bunny. Yeah. Which was funny because Chewbacca is big and hairy, and Bean Bunny is little and fuzzy. <laughs> he's little and fuzzy. <laughs> Bean Bunny's great. He's great. I just mm-hmm. love that the joke of Bean Bunny is that he's so cute that you don't want nothing to happen to him, but then something always happens to him. Yeah, something always yeah. happens to him. Yeah, yeah, he's too cute. And I um, still don't understand how he carries that turkey in Muppet Christmas Carol. It is legitimately he says twice the size. It's like three or four times the size, and he just carries yeah. it like a little trooper. He's like an ant. He's got like incredible lifting capacity. This is true. He's a He's a fr- oh. I'm just gonna turn this uh, this episode into a Bean Bunny appreciation podcast episode. It's fine. No is that okay with everyone. We have no problems with that. We love Bean Bunny. He's Mike, so do you do you have uh, a Star Wars idea? I do. I do. So how about these? Because I've got a few. All right, hold okay. on. One more. Wait, one more. Wait, I just Amanda remembered the Penguin Orchestra. We can definitely implement the Penguin Orchestra. The Stormtroopers. Yes. Yeah, Stormtroopers. Penguins. Yes. Penguins make great storms. They're already black and white. There we go. I just I I couldn't I couldn't leave that on a on a dress. Well, thank you, Amanda. Anytime. So how about this? Ooh. I've got one small idea and one bigger, bigger idea. All right. Um, my small idea is easy. It's it's pretty straightforward. I think it's time for them to maybe on an animated level to do something with the original rough draft for Star Wars. Uh, it was made into a comic book. It's called The Star Wars. You can get it pretty much anywhere now because it's it's been republished. It's been published. They Zuckerberged digitally. it. They, they, bur- they Zuckerberg. Exactly. They Zuckerberged it. But it's called The Star Wars. It has the definite article. And I read it and it's really great. It actually encapsulates a lot of the story from both the prequels and the original films into like one, one package. And it's, it finds a way to like do all this stuff where, you know, they, 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 they're hunting down there, you know, they're working, dealing with the empire. They're a bunch of, 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 of rebels trying to bring everything together with like Anakin and Anakin Starkiller and Luke Skywalker and all this stuff. It's, it's really cool. It looks vastly different than how star wars looks which i think is actually kind of cool it kind of has like this own their its own kind of feel and vibe to it all the characters are a little different they all look a little different they act a little different but i thought it was a really cool thing and it's a very important part of the history of star wars like we wouldn't got have gotten the first movie if we didn't have like these 
multiple rough drafts that George Lucas had put together. And now that there's like, and there has been for a while now, because I think this comic book's actually been out, been released to the wild for many, many years. It's a really cool jumping point to jump off from. And because you have Star Wars canon and Star Wars legends now, which are two separate types of things, you could totally make an animated movie or a short animated series about that. And I think a lot of people would like to get behind it because it's cool. It's cool. It's something that I always love, like the original concept of where an idea comes from. Like when you go back and you look at all those Stanley and Jack Kirby characters from the 60s, you actually can go back to like the 40s and see where they kind of first got started with like Human Torch and characters like the Hulk and stuff like that. There were other characters called these things earlier on, and that's where these ideas come from. So it's really cool to see and read this whole the Star Wars series, which I really enjoyed. So that's my small idea. Okay, I like it. I, what's nice about that is like sometimes people see those things like the prototypes and they're like, oh, there was something about that that I liked better. And then yeah. you have um, some experience with that that's new and enjoyable. And then you can have new people maybe take it and mold it and maybe they can use some of those pieces to the puzzle to create right. something something new. And then people could fight about that. Yeah, honestly, people how are going to... How about that? How about that? How about that? So um, <laughs> my big idea is, um, you know... I love the mystery and the history of Star Wars. I think it's great. It's something that really makes it special. And there's my favorite location in all of Star Wars. There's one location that I think is the best location in all of Star Wars. And we're never, we don't spend much time there, even though we talk about it constantly. I think the Mos Eisley Cantina is the most interesting single place for me in all of Star Wars. Everyone who's come into that place, everyone who's gone through that place, all of the deals that have been made there, all of the people who have been shot and killed while sitting down there at the table, bounty hunters, scoundrels, Jedi, everyone is coming in and out of this place. Now, I'm not pitching like Star Wars, but cheers (laughs) or cheers. Sometimes you want to go. I'm not pitching like cheers, but make it Star Wars. But I want to know. I want to. I want to have a, I would love to have something and maybe, you know, maybe you call it, maybe you call it scum and villainy. Maybe you call it something along those lines, but I want something that centers around this cantina okay. and, and gives us kind of bits and pieces of everything that comes through it and, and, and through it. I don't want it to be completely shot in the one space, No, this but is I perfect. almost, I almost want it to almost be like, and I've talked about vignettes a lot on this show. I love vignettes. I think vignette series are great. I love when, you know, you walk into, you know, maybe you walk into the cantina and you sit down and the bartender tells you a story and it's about something else that started out of this cantina or something else that happened here, whether it was something a thousand years before. Maybe this place has been around since the days of the old Republic. Maybe this is far after, you know, the the yeah. events of the sequel trilogy and what I want is I want you to have like the storyline, even of the bartenders. If you if you notice the original bartender for that uh, cantina, as they walk in, says no droids. And you're not allowed to have droids there. Why not? Where did that come from? Let's see the story behind that. And when you look back during the Mandalorian, when they go there, there's a droid bartender. So something happened. So there's this there's a lot of stuff that happens at this place. And I think Tatooine is, you know, it's the most interesting of the planets because that's where all the heroes of these series kind of come from. Yeah. And ultimately, I think that if you serve that, you, you, you use that cantina as a jumping off point for a whole bunch of stories that you can tell that are that have essentially, you know, been heard by the walls of that place. It's got legacy. It's got this endless legacy of things. You know, we see Han shoot Greedo at that table. And no one really reacts. And there's a reason for that because so much has happened at this one spot. And this one spot is filled with so many types of these folks that have these stories that are used to crime, that have that kind of grime. And honestly, it's the D&D tavern, right? It's the tavern that you start the story and it might as well be the prancing pony. So it's one of those things where I want to see more of that place as a jump off point to different characters and different stories that 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 happen and some of them can be short and some of them can be long and they can just be everything that kind of centers around this one place yeah, and that's kind I, that's, of my my idea 
that's great. Uh, Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina is great. Uh, it's, it's essentially your Red Dragon Inn is what you're saying. Is basically mm-hmm. like this is where it's where all the adventures will start, and that's yes. the commonality they have. I think that's great. That actually gives you a really good excuse to have like an anthologized show or a Twilight Zone styled series where every yep. episode is kind of its own individual contained universe. Sometimes there's crossover, sometimes there's not. The commonality is that you know these stories start off in the bar. Yes, they all start a year. The whole show is just like guy walks into the Moss Eisley Cantina and he says this, and then that's the episode. Yep. Yep, exactly. And I think what you could do there is you could do you can have characters we know show up. We can have characters we don't know show up. We can introduce new stuff. We can Enzo the Hut. Enzo the Hut might come in and he might have hey, to make a deal. Hey, give me a blue milk. Yeah. What do maybe... you mean you're out? Better not be out of that blue milk. Do they do they serve food there? Yeah. Because like maybe one day like the chef is out and the rat Jedi has to bring his brother in to fill in as the the chef puppeteer at the Mos Eisley Cantina. Look at this crossover potential. This This is is great. What do you mean you got no ice? You mean I got to drink this blue milk hot? (laughs) Exactly. I have I have a spinoff series idea. Oh, yeah. What was that for that? Well, if there is a cantina, there might be other restaurants, correct? Yes. So if there are other restaurants that applies that there implies rather that there is a delivery supplier. So imagine if there's like an episode of a show that is about the driver that has to go from each like cantina to each like dive to each restaurant or whatever, giving them whatever they want or Instacart or whatever. Well, no, like there, if you see like the, like a, a truck, a food supplier truck driver, basically like every restaurant gets a delivery shipment of like, all right, here's your frozen stuff for the week or here's your fruit. One or here's quarter your... portion. Yeah. Yes. You know, so whatever they need to operate for that week, there is a shipment certain days or whatnot. That's how, how restaurants work. You know, yes. you deliver sure. the, the food, they make the food, you eat the food. That's how it goes. So this is the deliver the food. I like oh, it. package Part. delivery. Yeah. So he gets a window into Icy cantina. I like that. Exactly. I like that. I like it. Thank you. Thank you for adding that on. But yeah, no, that's my so idea. Actually, like, that'd be cool. Be like, be like Planet Express. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. once again, it works. You can make anything Star Wars if you really want to. But yeah, no, that's my idea. Like Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina. That gives you kind of everything. A lot of the stuff that goes on there it doesn't answer a lot of questions, but it gives you a little bit of like, oh, cool. This is this is some cool stuff that happened at different and points. It's, of the it's time. already got a theme song for the credits. Max Rebo, baby. That's right. I think it could, you know, as you said, doesn't answer every question, but it could raise more questions that would raise more stories, which is great. And which which is we, what we have been talking about on this show throughout this whole oh, run. And yeah. can we have a, an episode naming convention where it's always just like and a blank walks into the bar? I you love know what it. I mean? Yep. So, yep. <laughs> you know, so this Ewok walks into the bar and like yep. that's that's the episode title. I like that. Yep. So, I a like young, that. so a hut walks into the bar. Yep. I like it. I listen. And- Hey, it's Enzo. Enzo the Hut. How you doing? <laughs> so uh, no, that's my idea. So that's that was fun. That was the the weird and wild and absurd of the Star Wars stuff that we've uh, tapped into today. <laughs> How about we that? Went, we went very silly. <laughs> we all went silly because it's the holidays and we're all a little holiday punch drunk. And I hope to do with yes. Dickory Dock. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So uh, I want to thank everyone out there for listening uh, to this episode. Thank you for listening to this series. And we will be back with your regularly regularly scheduled program uh, starting next week. We will have some new stuff. So be on the lookout for some new episodes of How About This. But before we leave, we have to thank once again the amazing, most amazing co-host on the planet, Mr. Jordan Hugh. Thank you, sir. And to you, sir, Mike, as we blast off into a new year, I'm happy we got to do this series together. Yeah, it was it was worth it. Uh, I'm, I still don't know why we did it, but I'm happy that we did. So thank you for for helping me pilot this Millennium Falcon straight through into hyperspace. Um, and the hate mail just continues to pile up. That's right. And last but not least, we have to thank the amazing Amanda Mack for joining us on this week's episode. Thank you so much, Amanda. Anytime. It was a lot of fun. And thanks for all the fish. Yes. <laughs> thank you. All right, everyone. We'll catch you real soon. So be sure to check your dial or your podcast podcast app of your choosing and have a great new year. So long. And there you have it. We have completed our trip around the outer rim of the star Wars universe. And we are done. We are done with star Wars for now. 
Some say it was bold, some say it was stupid, some say it was misguided, but man, I think we had a whole lot of fun on these four episodes talking about Star Wars. We have to thank Amanda Mack once again for being our favorite guest. Sorry to all the other guests out there, I am a little biased, but it was an amazing time. We had so much fun, and we hope you really like those fun and goofy ideas for wherever Star Wars can go from here. So, from this galaxy far, far away to you, in front of your podcast listening booth. Be sure to give us a like. Be sure to give us a subscribe. Share it with your friends. Leave a comment. Leave a review. All those things make the podcast that much more visible. And we will see you real, real soon on the internet at How About This Pod on Instagram and Facebook.com slash How About This Pod. And we will be back to our normally scheduled non-special recordings very soon. So stay tuned. Jordan and I have some awesome ideas for you in 2022. Happy New Year, everyone.